You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So we're going to continue to minister on faith, to teach you on faith, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. We know you need faith for your prayers to be answered. You need faith to live a life that will please God. But so many people don't understand what faith really is. They want you to give them a special prayer to pray to have all their needs met. I'm telling you the truth. Pastor, give me the special prayer. What is the prayer that I should pray? Jesus' disciples asked him, teach us how to pray. And even the Lord's prayer is not so much about the words, but the pattern. That he is teaching us. In the arena of liberty. It's not about suppressing your flesh. But it's being led by the Holy Spirit. To walk in the Spirit is very exciting. We think because we memorize a prayer. And we pray the words. The prayer will be answered. It's not about the words let's go to the lord's prayer i want to teach you this morning on the working of faith to help you to activate your faith that your faith will start to work because many people have been taught on faith all you have to do is say it claim it frame it believe that you have it and it will be done to move mountains let me see your hand if you've received that teaching When you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have it. And we've taught people that and you've been doing it, but things have not changed in your life. Because we've just taught you half. It's like me telling you, just buy a wedding dress, get an engagement ring, get married, and your marriage will be happy. Is that the truth? It's part of the truth and it's important maybe to have all those things, but there's much more. And this morning I want to teach you the important part about making sure your faith will work. The working of your faith. So let's go. Matthew chapter 6. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God, praying to Him in secret. And your Father who sees all you do will reward you openly. When you pray, not if you pray, when you pray. There is no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. God does not answer your prayer because of many words. There is no need to imitate them since your Father already knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray like this, our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms. May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and let us free from evil 
For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Most important part. And when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. The Lord's Prayer is not in the words that we're praying, but rather in the pattern of our thinking. What is he saying? He's saying, you were designed, you were made to be clothed with God's glory. You were made to be in God's presence. When God created Adam, he daily walked with him. He was clothed with God's glory. He says, I want you to change your way of thinking to start thinking upon heavenly things again. Because you are too focused upon earthly things. He says, the first thing when you pray, be aware of your Father that's in heaven. Be aware of this heavenly realm. What goes on in heaven. The atmosphere of heaven. That which heaven has prepared and planned for you. Pray that down. Yet to earth. But if you want heaven to manifest here on earth, make sure heaven is in your heart. It's not the words. It's in changing your way of thinking. I don't even have time to explain now binding and loosing. But when you are born again and you are seated in heavenly places, what you declare here on earth is declared in heaven. And what you loose here on earth is loosed in heaven. And what you bind in heaven is bound here on earth. If you don't release an offense, you are imprisoning yourself. That's why he says it's not in the words, but it's more in the pattern in renewing your mind. God, do not lead us into temptation. Keep us away from evil. But even when temptation comes, Lord, we know that you will lead us away. It's not just seeing his works, but it's learning his ways. Most people just want to see the works of Jesus, the miracles, the signs, the wonders. But do you want to learn his ways? It's very quiet here this morning. I want to teach you regarding the working of your faith. So that your faith can work in the right way. Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians 5. The biggest mistake that you make is that you think praying is saying words. God knows your needs. The communication point of the Holy Spirit is your spirit, is your conscience. Remember, the Pharisee prayed and said, I am righteous. I fast twice a week. I'm doing all these things, Lord. You know I'm good. Because I've done all of this, you should answer my prayer. And the little man came said, I'm a sinner, Lord. Dirty as I am, you can forgive me. I'm in need of your salvation. 
it was the heartfelt prayer in humility and sincerity of heart that God was aware of. The person that relied on God's righteousness instead of his own righteousness. Why is it that God chose Jacob instead of Esau? Esau was the strong one. Esau was the one that can go out, hunt a little buck, kill the buck, bring it home, make the stew, and give it to his father. But Jacob is the deceiver, always scheming. But God says, this is the Jacob generation that will worship me, that will seek my face. Why? Because Jacob realized who he was. A sinner, a deceiver in need of salvation. And he had to rely more on God. And God says, I know your weaknesses, but I see that you're relying on God. Galatians 5 verse 6. From a young age, I've always wanted to know what is the right words to pray so that my prayers can be effective. But I realized praying is not saying words. The Lord says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. When you are linked up and connected to God, things will start to change. Because prayer comes from your heart. Prayer is linked to our hearts. Galatians 5 or 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Obeying the Lord and not obeying the law. This is not the important thing. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The Passion Translation says, All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. It simply means that faith works through love. The reason why many people's faith is not working effectively is not a lack of faith or a lack of quoting scripture or knowing the word. It's a lack of love. God is clearly linking faith and love to each other. So you don't hear one amen. Lord, just give me strong faith. Don't care about the love. But God links faith to love. A matter of fact, the authentic, real kind of faith works through love. Can you see why God cannot entrust many people with healing, with deliverance? Because they lack love. Because if you have faith to move mountains, but you lack love, you'll use that gift, that power, to hurt people, to hurt yourself, instead of helping them. Without our faith working through love, all else is worthless. Because Hebrews 11 verse 6 teaches us, without faith it's impossible to please God. People say, I must just have faith, I have strong faith. But 1 Corinthians 13 warns us and says, if I have faith to move mountains, if I have faith in the gift of prophecy, but I do not have love, I'm nothing. I've become a clinging symbol. So it's very important that you have the right kind of faith. Faith that works through love. 
Let me hear you pray. Say, Precious Father, fill me with your love until it overflows to others. Many Christians have self-imprisoned themselves because of offenses. Healing is looking for you, but it cannot find you because you've self-imprisoned yourself. Deliverance is looking for you, but it cannot find you because you've self-imprisoned yourself. And you're confessing, and you're claiming, and you're framing, and nothing is happening. Nothing in your life has changed. Because the faith that you've been taught, or the faith that you've embraced, is faith that comes from your mind, instead of faith that comes from your regenerated spirit. A heart that is born again. A heart that is linked up with God. For you to enter into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and help. There's only one way into the holy of holies. And that's by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, number one, speaks of forgiveness. You being forgiven, washed and cleansed and sanctified. But you also forgiving others. And every time you see the Lord's Prayer or you see how faith works, you'll always see the two are linked to each other. That when you stand praying and you know your brother's got something against you, go and make right. Remove the offense. So you don't hear one amen. Lord, just give me strong faith to do what I must do. You need faith authentic faith to remove your mountain of sin firstly because if you know that Christ has forgiven you it's easy to forgive others let's go to Mark 11 verse 22 for your prayers to be effective your faith needs to be effective Therefore, your love needs to be effective. Your love needs to be real. When you greet somebody, and I say, Good morning, Paul. How are you? It must be real. Most people, when they greet each other in the church, How real are you? Your brother is sitting this side, you offended, he's sitting on that side. Let me see your hand. The truth is the people that have offended you more are people in the church. The ones that are close to you. Mark 11 verse 22. Jesus replied, Let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain be lifted up, and thrown into the midst of the sea, and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. And most of us have been taught faith just up to that scripture. Verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you all your faults. 
But if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. Many of you cannot function properly in the marketplace, in the position where God has placed you because of offense. And you come to the front and you say, limitation in my life. Can you please pray for me that the limitations in my life will be broken, Pastor, that I can excel in life. But you are limiting yourself because you still hold on to an offense and a grudge. Because you are keeping people bound and not releasing them, you cannot be released in your full potential. And you've imprisoned yourself in the marketplace. Many of you in relationships are still imprisoned because you've not let go of the past. Faith is not in the past. Faith is now. Faith gives you hope for the future. The promises that God has given you. But while you are looking back, how can you move forward? And you're praying, 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 and you're praying the prayers over and over and repeating them and repeating them and loosing and loosing and binding and binding. But all you have to do is just forgive. Let go of the offense. Very quiet now. The person that you trained, you taught them everything they know. Now they got the promotion and they're in a more senior position than you. And you're still holding a grudge. I have faith to remove them. Yes, the kind of faith that will hurt people. That's why God cannot entrust you. Amen? Faith expresses itself through love. It simply means faith works through love. We short circuit our faith because it's not working through love. Great faith is accompanied by great love. It is very clear that Jesus links faith to forgiveness. If you want great faith, have great forgiveness. As Christ has forgiven you, forgive. Let it go. Otherwise, it holds you back and it keeps you back. This is what Christianity is all about. Jesus said, not they'll know you because of your great faith, they'll know you because of your love. Because if you have that great love, you'll have great faith. Husbands, let me talk to you for one minute. Turn with me to 1 Peter 3 verse 7. Can you see why many people cannot move mountains? Because they don't have great love. 1 Peter 3 verse 7. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. That doesn't mean she's weaker. She's the finer porcelain. You the coffee mug, she's the nice porcelain. Amen? She's not weaker because remember Adam, when she was made, when Eve was created, Adam said, she's bone of my bone, she's flesh of my flesh. He acknowledged her as his equal. The Bible in the New Testament teaches us there's no difference between male and female. In Christ, we're all new creations. Amen? The woman is made in God's image. you made in God's image. She's the finer porcelain. 
she actually has a better origin than man. Man was made out of the ground, soil. He was formed already. He had skin, he had flesh. Then God took her out of man. Amen? After man was polished and formed already, then God took her out. But you came from the soil. Amen? (laughs) She came from your side because she's next to you. Amen? She walks next to you, your side. Not your foot so that you can stand on her. And not out of your head so that she can sit on it. Amen? See, there's a need to talk about relationships here. She's the finer porcelain. Women are instructed by the word of God to submit to their husbands only. Many of you have been submitting to the brothers and the uncles and the cousins and everybody. There's no need for that. You submit to your husband. Amen. I'm not saying be rude to the rest of the family. But you're married to the man that you have chosen. That submission is what makes a woman beautiful. She can submit to you because you are submitting to God. Anything with more than one head is a monster. If something has two heads, it cannot function. So one has to take the lead... And the other has to follow. But when you are submitting to the word of God as your authority, husband, it's easy for her to follow. Yes. The Bible also says the two of you submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate sin. So even though I'm the head, if I'm offended, say, with France here, My wife can come and say, you know, you really look offended with this guy. You must go make right. Say, you don't tell me what to say, woman. I'm the head. I'll tell you. No, no, no. We're submitting one to each other in the fear of the Lord. If she comes in humility and say, listen, there's something going on in your heart. You can miss your salvation. The word of God says you must go make right. You cannot pray. If you want to pray and you know your brother's got something against you, go make right. Most of the time, we are actually walking in agreement. Amen? Because we're both submitting under the word of God. But there will come times where I say, I really believe God says we must do this. Then she can say, okay, you're the head of the home. I know previously when you've said God said, it was God. So those previous things become spiritual beacons where your wife can trust you. But if you every time say, God said we must do this, God said we must, and it doesn't work out, maybe it's not God. Then maybe you should go to and say, how do you feel? Do you think we should do this? Can you also pray with me? That the two of you can be in agreement and both can have peace in your hearts. And not you make decisions the whole time and she does not have peace. Because faith works through love. Amen? My faith should not hurt her. My faith should be building her up, encouraging her, giving her hope. Husband, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. 
He says, you as a husband, use wisdom, use understanding. Dwell with her with understanding. He's saying, don't get easily offended. Because if you get upset the whole time and offended, it's going to affect your prayers. The cross is like this. The relationships here has an effect upon your relationships here. He says, if it's not right here with your wife, first make right here. Then come talk to me. Because she's also made in God's image. She's always also made in God's likeness. Remember, when Paul persecuted the Christians, killing the Christians, thinking he's busy with God's assignment, what did God say? God didn't come to him and say, Saul, Saul, why are you killing the Christians? He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because Christ is on the inside of every Christian. When you are rude to a Christian, you are rude to Christ. If you want to be difficult and nasty to your wife, be careful, you might find yourself being difficult and nasty to Christ. That your prayers may not be hindered. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Start thinking the same. Renew your mind. Having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Have manners when you talk to people. Amen? Have manners when you talk to your wife, when you talk to your husband, when you talk to your children. Don't be rude. Not returning evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. When Paul, when Peter says here, dwell with your wife with understanding, he's simply saying, don't get so easily offended. The truth is the people that are close to you are more likely to offend you than people that are far away from you. The people at work, you've got your guard up. They will swear at you. They will curse you. Say, oh, she's having a bad day. It's okay. I'll pray for you. But at home, let them just do something small like this. And you'll blow a gasket. Have I not told you? How many times have I told you? You write your test at home. The Bible says if you want to be an elder... To have the responsibility to pray for people. Get it right at home. It says if you want to advance in the kingdom of God, position, authority in church, get it right at home. With your wife and with your children. Your mini congregation that you have there, get it right with them there. Then maybe we can entrust you with a little bit more. Not putting laws on him the whole time because that's the easy way. But having grace. Ministering to your children with grace. 
ministering to your wife with grace, thinking Jesus, who was rich, who was king, who was ruler, who was at the highest, became poor so that we can be rich. Jesus that came to this earth to serve. It will take mega faith, mountains of faith, for some of the husbands just to make a cup of tea for their wives. Because you've just never done it. It will take all your faith just to do that. But if there's love, real natural love, it's easy. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's easy to give of yourself if you love. A matter of fact, there can be no real giving without love. It's the people close to you that challenge you. Listen to what Psalm 55 verse 12 says. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you. A man my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. It's that person in the home cell sitting next to you. It's that brother of yours that knows you so well. That now disappoints you. And now the family is angry with each other. Can you see our need for real faith, for authentic faith? A person that cannot love cannot be entrusted with the power to heal, to deliver, to redeem, even to save. Family, listen to me. The love of God sees beyond hatred. Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Why? He says, love them. There's no greater way of expressing your love than by praying for somebody. Taking them into the throne of grace, into the holy of holies, where they may not be able to go because of offense, because of sin. But now you are taking the time to bring them into the throne of grace and enforce heaven's opinion about them on their lives. Not look at the natural what you see. The love of God sees beyond hatred. You need God's opinion about people, not your own opinion. Everybody has been disappointed, has been hurt. Things from the past that's keeping you back, let it go. You'll be releasing yourself into your good future. Many people in the marketplace have imprisoned themselves because of offense. You are angry with some people at work because of things of years ago. You don't even remember why you are angry. You just remember that you have to be angry. Certain family members, you just know we don't talk to that brother. You don't know why, but you just know we have to be angry with them and we don't talk to them. When you say, mommy, why don't we talk to that family member? You say, it doesn't matter, we just don't talk to them. Just remember to be angry with them. Why we are angry doesn't matter. <laughs> Offense becomes the roadblock that hinders you to move forward. And now your faith cannot work effectively. Because faith and forgiveness are linked to each other. If somebody is teaching you faith without forgiveness, they're telling you half a truth. 
and you'll be frustrated as you move forward in life. Turn with me in your Bibles to James 5 verse 13. You need to know God's opinion about yourself. People don't know God's opinion about themselves today because of offense. Because they cannot get into the throne of grace to hear God's opinion. Many preachers today preach faith and they teach faith. But they use this pulpit as a weapon to attack other men of God and other ministries. That is not faith working through love. This pulpit is not to be used as a weapon to break people down or ministries down. This pulpit is to be used to build people up, to give people hope, to take people from where they are to where God wants them to be. I challenge you, don't say anything about a man of God. Do you know what's one of the things that challenged me a lot in my life? In 2006, when I was preparing to go to Lagos the first time, like all other people, I went onto the internet to read about where I was going, which is not always a good thing because you read bad things. A lot of those things are lies. But one of the things I read is that they criticize this man of God because he does not criticize other men of God. And when I read that, I said, what an accusation to have against you. Because I didn't know any other men of God with an accusation like that. Myself was guilty of speaking against other men of God. But when I read that, I said, Lord, help me to change. And from that day, I said, I'm not saying anything. Because you did not call a man of God. God called him. Let God judge him. But let's not use this. And even when I've been wronged and I could have said something, I thank God for that ministry that taught me a more excellent way and that there was a change in my heart that I now know this pulpit is not to attack other ministries or other men of God. Because then my faith would not be working through love. I want to challenge you concerning that as well. Amen? Be careful what you say because your confession will give you possession. What you say, your words, the words that you say creates an atmosphere, creates your destiny, your future. It's about righteousness. Let me show you. This is the thing that people lack. That's why their prayers are not answered. James 5 verse 13 is anyone among you suffering? Anybody suffering here? You're going through a tough time? Bible says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. The first thing you do if you're suffering, pray. No, I'm coming to the pastor. He's going to pray. No, the Bible says you pray. <laughs> Amen? Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Be happy. Praise God. Say thank you, Jesus. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, real faith, authentic faith that works through love, will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, 
he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Effective prayer is prayer that's in the Spirit. Fervent prayer is prayer that comes from your heart. It's not the saying of the words, but what's going on in your heart. Of a righteous man will avail much. It's your position in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Family, it says here, if somebody is sick, let him confess his sins. Make right with God. Make sure there's nothing going on that can keep you back. He says, righteousness will then affect your life. It's righteousness that brings healing. It's righteousness that brings salvation. The righteousness that comes from Christ Jesus. Not the righteousness of the, our self-righteousness. But the righteousness that's in Christ Jesus. He says, that effective fervent prayer of a righteous man moves mountains. Will bring healing. Not the words, what comes from your heart. It's not in the saying of the words. Turn with me quickly to Exodus 14. Let me just show you quickly. Putting an end to your suffering, to your sickness, is for the salvation of your soul. So that you can serve Jesus better. It's not in the saying of the words. Exodus 14 verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more. Forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So you think now Moses is saying this. He says, hold your peace, be at peace. The next verse. God speaks to Moses and says, says to him, Stop crying out to me. Go read there. He didn't cry out to God. Go read Exodus. He didn't cry out to God. Praying is not saying words. There was a heart's cry from his heart unto the Lord. And the Lord said to him, Stop crying out. Listen here. The Lord will fight for you, verse 14, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. You may be silent, but your faith talks. You may be silent, but your faith talks. God said to Moses, stop crying out. I've heard you. Take action now. Act now. Believe now. Move forward. It's not in the saying of the words. It's about your heart. Your heart becomes the communication point between you and God. Not what you see with your eyes, what is going on. God looks at your heart and will hear your heart's cry. So it says, if you're sick, 
and you feel like your faith is down, call the elders. Call those that have been faithful in their homes. Let them come and anoint you and pray with you. God will heal you. God will see you through. It says if there's things in your heart bothering you, confess those sins. Get rid of it. Let it go. It's the effective. Effective prayer is prayer that's in the spirit. When you know you have forgiven all and God has forgiven you, you can enter into the holy of holies. Now your prayers have become effective. Fervent. Your heart is full agreement. Remember, this is how faith works. You confess with your mouth, but you believe with your heart. You confess with your mouth salvation, but in your heart you believe unto righteousness. Righteousness is not for those who confess it, it's those who believe it. Do you believe that God has made you righteous? Your prayers will then be effective because it's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. That's why it says if you are suffering, you pray. You know God has made you righteous. You know you can enter the throne of grace yourself. Pray. But people know what they've done during the week. They think, you don't know what I've done this week, Pastor. The Lord won't listen to me. Being righteous in Christ Jesus has got nothing to do with what you do, but what Christ has done on the cross. It's because you look at your situation when you pray instead of looking to the cross where the price was paid. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Examine yourself as to whether you are in faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear proved, but you should do what is honorable. Though we may be seem disqualified, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. You can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. But Paul is saying here, test yourself to see whether you are in faith. Whether the faith that you have is working through love or if you become a clinging symbol. Test yourself to see if your faith is real. Can you bless those that curse you? Because when you love them, you can look beyond their hatred. And you can bless them. When they despitefully use you, you can pray for them. You can now pray for your enemies because you are clothed with Christ's righteousness. And even if people behave or throw unrighteousness towards you, you can respond in righteousness because you're holding and keeping your position. You're making sure that your love is working in the right way. What kind of love am I talking about? Philemon 1 verse 6 says, And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. I don't have time to teach on this, but this is a situation where Philemon is challenged. He had a slave that worked for him, but he worked in a bad way. He didn't do his job right. 
And then apart from that, he stole from him and ran away. He took something. He offended him. And then when he left there, he met up with Paul. And he got saved. He got born again. And he became a blessing in Paul's life. And now Paul says, I'm sending him back to you. I know he was your slave. I know he was from another culture. I know he wronged you and took from you. But I want to tell you now, he's a brother. He is born again and he has the same value in the presence of God than what you have. And I'm sending him back to you so that he can be a blessing in your life. As he's been a blessing in my life. If he owes you something and he's taken something, I'll give it back to you. But you know what I've done for you, your life depends upon. So when this guy comes back, I don't want you to treat him as your servant, as your slave. I want you to treat him like a brother. It's a message to all of us. Because people discriminate today. They put people in classes. But the ground in front of the cross is level. He says, I want you to put your love into action. Not just love that says, oh, I love you, my brother. Bless you, my brother. Bless you. Oh, double, double blessing. No. Love that is put into action. Authentic, real love is what will change people's lives. All that Paul was doing. Franz, just come here quickly. Let's say this is Philemon, and I'm Paul, and I'm writing this letter to him. All that Paul was trying to do, he was trying to position him so that he could be entrusted with more by loving more. He was trying to position him so that he could be entrusted with more by loving more. Sometimes God will challenge you to do certain things just to test to see if you love. Giving, giving unto the Lord is just showing that you love Him, that you put Him first. That's all. Real giving that comes from love does not expect anything back. Jesus, when he was sent to this earth, had no guarantee of anything. He just loved. Real giving makes us more like God, who gives to everybody liberally without expecting anything back. Would you still give to God because you love him if you were not going to get anything back? No. My pastor told me if I give, I'll receive. That principle is there. I'm asking you, I'm challenging your heart to see if it's about love that you are giving. Are you giving because you love or you're giving to get? The difference is, are you being trained to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ that would lay down your life and love him? Or are you being trained to be a rich young ruler? Because the rich young ruler walked away from Jesus. 
Because everything in Christianity is about salvation. Love is the catalyst that activates this kind of faith that moves mountains. The working of your faith, if you want your faith to be stronger, make sure your love becomes stronger. When your love is stronger, your faith will be stronger. And your faith will start to work much better. And you'll see God will entrust you with more and more and more. When you love God and you lay down your life, He is aware of your every need. Before you even ask anything, He knows it. He says in Matthew 6, The things that the people in the world need, I know you also need it. Clothes, food, all of that. He says, I know you need it, but I want you to first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and I'll add all these things into your life. You need faith to enter into the kingdom of God. Once you enter into the kingdom of God, you'll experience peace. You'll experience joy. Then whatever God asks of you, you'll still keep your peace. You'll still keep your joy. Now when you have to give something, you can be a cheerful giver. You can give with joy. Now when your enemy hates you, you can give him love. Because you're keeping your peace. You're not letting anything disrupt that peace. Now when they curse you, you are keeping your peace. You can bless them. Because you have the kingdom of God on the inside. Heaven's atmosphere is in your heart. Heaven is in your heart. And you're protecting this with everything on the inside. Now you can be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego where the king says, bow your knee or I'm going to kill you and throw you into the fiery furnace. You can say, we're keeping our peace. King, we just want to tell you, whether our God delivers us or not, He is our deliverer. Where's the furnace? Can we go? We are keeping our peace. And you can walk and you keep your peace. You walk by faith wherever you go. Whether you go to the fiery furnace, whether you go to the lion's den, whether you get thrown into the pit, whether you get taken to the palace, you keep your peace. And you remain in faith. Your relationship with God depends far more on your relationship with people than you realize. Your relationship and your love towards people affects your faith far more than what you realize so remain in faith i mean remain in love and you see what god will do in your life he'll be the one fighting for you he'll be your exceedingly great reward he'll be your shield in everything Selah. thank you for listening to this audio sermon for more information please go to our website www.hoc.org.za household of christ loving god loving people